right, guys. Welcome back to episode two of the National Franchise League podcast. With me today, I got Clay Biker and hey then our first ever guest on the podcast, Nathan Balkama. What's up, bud? <laughs> All right, should we dive right into it? Let's do it. I'm in. All right, let's talk trades. So we had about 12 trades since our last podcast. But since we got a lot about to, a lot to talk about today, let's talk about kind of the top five that we got. Um, so first one we got is between Drake Rather and Drake Lickle. So Drake Rather received Darren Waller, and Drake Lickle received Austin Hooper. What do you guys feel about this tight end swap? I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting. Like Lickle, I seem to remember him like posting in the chat, like, "Hey, I'm having an auction for Darren Waller. Come and get him." So I was very interested, and I really wanted Waller, but obviously my bid wasn't good enough. And yeah, I don't know. It's just a matter of preference between Waller and Hooper, who I kind of view as like not elite but very good tight ends. Yeah, when you look at both of those guys, they're kind of similar in the aspect of like um, experience. But Devin Waller had all that production with basically him and. Who else? Hunter Wenfro last year and Josh Jacobs. So, like, where's the production going to go when they have 15 wide receivers on their team at this point? Right. So, exactly. At the the time, this was before the draft happened, so we didn't know that the Raiders were going to take as many wide receivers as they did. But, I mean, Waller was kind of that guy who needed the touches or needed the catches. So, now with him not getting as many targets, most likely, that's kind of, kind of going to hurt his production. And the other thing I didn't realize is he's 27 years old already, where Austin Hooper is only 25. So wow, I give the slight edge to Austin Hooper in this trade. Yeah, and it's just the same thing. You can kind of talk about the same thing in Cleveland, too, with OBJ and Landry kind of being – or Landry being like a big targets guy mm-hmm. and, and Joku still being there. But, yeah, Hooper's upside, and they're paying him a lot of money. So <laughs> they're, they're going to use him. Yeah, but some yep. for some reason they signed Najoku to another five year deal. Uh, I mean, to his fifth year option. So right, who knows about that? Didn't, didn't the Browns grab another tight end in the draft too, in like the third or fourth round? Honestly, couldn't yeah. tell you. Yeah, and they got a uh, uh, Peoples Jones, also another wide receiver. Yeah, so this one I guess just kind of comes down to preference and which tight end you like more than the other one, and then kind of the age factor. Right, for sure. So the second trade I got here is between Dreis and TJ. So Dreisstree received uh, Calvin Ridley and the 2021st, which turned into Henry Ruggs. And TJ received a DK Metcalf and a 2022nd that turned into T. Higgins. Clay, what do you think? Huh. So I just initially, when I saw this trade, was just like Metcalf and Ridley are, I don't know, they're so such intriguing options because it's like I'm not sure either one is the, well, we know Ridley's not the wide receiver one for Atlanta, but just DK is so intriguing and he's so young and I don't know. I know Dreis will love it, but he's like had the amazing combine. So I'm not big on Higgins. I like rugs. So I guess my initial reaction is like, I really like what Dreis got, but if Metcalf turns into a monster, then we'll look back on this and be like, yeah, TJ won this trade. So time will tell. In my mind, I traded for DK later on, which we'll probably look at after this. But in my mind, DK is at that point, at the tipping point where he can really break out next year. Um, every sign that I've seen is of that. So, yeah, I'm a big DK guy. 
Yeah, Nathan, we know you're kind of a big DK guy. I've seen you go after him pretty early and trade for him a lot in other leagues. So we'll, we'll get to your DK trade later. But my honest thought is I see kind of Metcalf and Ridley almost as evens right now. I mean, Metcalf obviously has probably a little bit slight, slightly higher upside, although Calvin Ridley could take over that number one role if Julio Jones uh, is done in maybe one to three years. Right. Um, yeah, as far as Ruggs and Higgins go, I actually have them in my wide receiver rankings right next to each other with Ruggs just ahead of Higgins. So I see it almost as a wash. It comes down to another one where it's kind of opinion-based. But I guess I would lean probably Kelvin Ridley and Ruggs. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to agree. <laughs> All right, next one is between Chuck and TJ. So Chuck got Dawson Knox. And a 2021st that turned into CD Lamb. And TJ received Gasuki. Um, a 2021st that turned into Cam Akers. And a 2021 first. Oof. Yeah. So, I don't know. Just have a lot of moving parts here. Um, Dawson Knox and Gasicki are just two young, intriguing tight ends who basically it's going to turn into, you know, who's going to take off first between Josh Allen and. Tua in my mind like whichever quarterback kind of figures it out sooner is going to have I don't know between these tight ends we'll know which one is I don't know the better fantasy play long term Mm -hmm. um personally I like I'm not high on acres and I really don't have a good like justification for it (laughs) but like (laughs) I don't know I love CD Lamb and that's why I traded up for him in the draft but TJ's got that 2021 first to like buffer the if acres would fall on his face so mm-hmm. he's not taking on a lot of risk i would like it for chuck to get up in the first round and kind of use some of his picks because he definitely had a lot of them but yeah kind of turning two picks into one and cd lamb is an intriguing option so he basically turned that into uh who's the broncos receiver i can't think of his name that one oh no sorry judy so because we swapped so oh yeah so he likes judy a lot so i don't know i again there's no wrong (laughs) like the nice thing so far about these trades is there's no like whoof they got ripped off that's the Uh fun part but yeah i really think personally i love cd lamb so with my gut i'd just say charlie won that trade but not by much i didn't Mm -hmm. get the and kind of going to go ahead Kind of going, kind of going along. That is, with these 2021st being exchanged. I mean, the nice thing about this class is that it's so extremely deep. So, I mean, when you look at kind of the first round picks, it almost comes down to opinion or how you feel about the players. So, CD or Lamb. I mean, either one could be the wide receiver one in this class. Right. Yeah. And then just with TJ getting the ninth pick in the draft, like for him to get Acres there, who really very well could be a surefire running back one for the next, I don't know, three year or yeah, for about a three year stretch. I mean, he'd be thrilled with that. So to get him with the ninth pick in the first round in a dynasty league is, I don't know, I'd say that's great value potentially. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The thing about acres that makes me kind of nervous is the Rams don't have a great offensive line and he hasn't played the running back position very long. Um, he made that switch from, I think it was quarterback to running back in college. You know? Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. But yeah, but yeah Florida State didn't have a good offensive line either. 
Yeah, and Sean McVay came out this past weekend and said that they're going to do a running back by committee because they were worried about what they did to Todd Gurley and how much wear and tear they don't want to have that happen again. So they want to have multiple backs in the system. That's the only thing that would make me a little nervous now, but that's hindsight. Every right. every coach is kind of saying that, though, right now in GM. I mean, the Chiefs, they're saying that uh, Damon Williams and CEH are going to be running back by committee. And Jonathan Taylor, he's not going to have the workload. He's, they're going to have Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines do a one-two-three punch. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of a kind of, kind of, some of it kind of comes down to coach speak or GM speak. you got to assume some of these guys are going to take, take the lead role once they get in the field and their talent kind of shows through. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's just keeping players happy, too. Like, I don't know anything about, like, what the GMs are thinking by saying that kind of stuff. But I'm thinking it's just got to be to keep players happy, to not minimize a player's value. That's the only reason I can think mm-hmm. some of these GMs are saying this kind of stuff. And you don't want to hate on a guy like Damian Williams, who arguably could have won the Super Bowl MVP um, with that whole, you know, Chiefs situation. Um, you have a guy who does all that in the playoffs, and then you draft a running back. You kind of have to be – You, if you see any interviews from any of those Chiefs players, um, you've noticed that they have all been very careful with their words on what they talk about with those with the running back position just because it seems like they're all boys with Damian. But Clyde is such a great talent that they don't really know what to say. True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next, Brian Westbrook. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I yeah. hope that works out. I don't know. Because <laughs> Brian Westbrook, he was an animal under uh, under Reed. He had what five, I think, running back one seasons for fantasy yeah, in a regular PPR. I just remember him being really good in Madden 07. That's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Subpar game. I preferred Madden 08 with the Vince Young cover. <laughs> uh, my parents didn't let us splurge for that that year, so we just <laughs> rolled with 07 for like the next five. <laughs> Who was even on the 07 cover again? Uh, Sean Alexander. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'll never forget it, playing on my GameCube. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love it. I bet the graphics were amazing. You know, at the time, we thought it was awesome. (laughs) All right, let's roll into trade four. So this one is between Clay and Chuck. So Clay got... Um, a 2021 that turned into C.D. Lamb, a 2022nd that turned into Antonio Gibson, and Chuck got a 2021 that turned into Jerry Judy, and a 2022nd that turned into Zach Moss. Nathan, I'll let you start on this one since Clay is involved in this trade. That was a lot of moving parts. Would you um, like me to say it pick? again? Yeah, say, can you repeat <laughs> that again? Because <laughs> you were just going and I wasn't paying attention, to be honest. All right, we'll get you some Adderall quick. Uh, so Clay... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Clay got C.D. Lamb and Antonio Gibson, and okay. Chuck got Jerry, Judy, and Zach Moss. Okay, I'd have to go with the Jerry, Judy side just because I have I personally like Jerry, Judy a lot more than C.D. Lamb. Um, it just, if you're comparing the two, um, no matter what trade that had Jerry, Judy with a bunch of rookies in it, I'd probably choose that side just because... I don't know. The kid's a monster. Um, and he's in a great system with a good coach, a decent quarterback that's somewhat proven to an extent. Like he's kind of shown glimpses. So I feel like Jerry Judy could really be the strong candidate to beat out Sutton, not next year, but maybe the year after that. So I'd have to go with the Sutton side, or with the Judy side. Yeah, Zach, you better go next. Yeah. So uh, hot take here. 
I'm not a big fan of Drew Locke. I really don't think he's that good. I am with you, honestly. I don't, I, don't, I wouldn't say he's not good, but that was his average fear with Judy. I, I guess yeah. I don't think he's not good. Capable. I think he's average. I, he's capable, and they got a lot of a lot of good uh, pieces around him. But I mean, if he doesn't produce this year with all that talent around him, I mean, he, it almost becomes kind of a bust year. Or uh, you expected a lot more out of Locke with the talent around him, right? Yeah, but with the draft capital, he still has a little bit of time to try to work into it. I mean, he was a second-round pick. I watched him play in college quite a bit, and he showed a lot of talent, but there was a lot of maturity issues out of college. But now he's in the pros. He's kind of in that system. He beat out Joe Flacco basically in training camp, but they didn't want to – they paid Joe Flacco all this money, supposedly. That's the report. And now Drew Locke's the guy. So, I I don't know. I like him a lot as a – potential i mean i mean i guess potential joe flacco you know what i mean because uh-huh. the ravens had all that talent and now they have all this talent i mean if he can throw the ball and be a good leader he could really do a lot of stuff i mean let's be honest the bears are still rolling with trash can trubisky so i mean drew Locke probably has more than one year which is so <laughs> sad because that team is so talented but hey don't forget they're paying uh fulls like 18 million to be either the backup or I don't know. There's no <laughs> way he's the backup. Yeah, you don't give a guy that much money to do that. Is Foles actually on the team? Oh, yeah, Foles from the Bears, not Flacco. Yeah. Oh, Brain yeah. fart. I don't think Flacco's on the team right now. I was going to say, I don't think he is either. Yeah. But yeah, back to the trade. I was just, I didn't know who Charlie was going to take at three. And pretty much I just knew I wanted CD. So for me to move back three spots in the draft to get the guy I knew I – to move back three spots in the second half of the second round to get the guy I wanted at three, I just felt like it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. That's just was my thought process through it. For me, I see it kind of as a wash or opinion one again. I mean, Lamb, Judy, kind of take your pick on wide receiver. Both guys yeah. are really good. I mean, I prefer CD Lamb slightly over, over uh, Judy. And then Gibson Moss, yeah. they're kind of the same players too, and right in the same uh, area for being picked. Again, with that right. one, I kind of lean Moss just a little bit, just because I'm not a huge Singletary fan. I think Moss is a little bit more of a three-down back. Right, and then that's why I, I, I was I was up on the clock at two oh nine, and I didn't like what I was seeing there. So then I just traded out of it, traded back into the early third to get Tua, mm-hmm. um, rather than I don't know picking. Gibson, who I didn't love, but Dreis did, so it worked out. All right, so back now to our final trade, the one we've all been waiting for. Nathan finally got off of Michael Thomas. And no, he did not get an Antonio Brown in return for him. Yeah. All right. (laughs) In 55 seconds. So this is between TJ and Nathan. TJ received a Michael Thomas. And Nathan received DK Metcalf, Pittman, and a 2021 first. Clay, I'll let you start with this one. Oh. Yeah, so TJ's – I think I initially posted in the chat, like, TJ's putting all his chips in on this year, but then I realized, no, he's actually not. (laughs) Like, he's still got picks to come. Um, I just look at it as – he eliminated any sort of risk with DK or Pittman not panning out and turned it into the best fantasy receiver in football. 
with Mike Thomas. And then Nathan, if DK or Pittman falls flat on their face, which I don't think they will, he's got the 2021 first for next year, like just sitting in his pocket. And he can always turn that into somebody he likes more. So mm-hmm. I personally like the haul that Nathan got, but this is a win-win trade. And I, I don't know, TJ got the best player in the trade for these next two, three years, but down the road in a dynasty league, you might be looking back on this and being like, how did Nathan get DK and Pittman and whoever he's going to get mm-hmm. with that first round pick? Yeah, I agree. I think it's a win-win for both teams. I mean, TJ gets that wide receiver one or overall wide receiver one and a great top startup pick and uh, really helps him win now. But also, as you said, I mean, TJ has a really good team and still has draft picks in the future, which is kind of crazy. And then for Nathan Seidman, we talked about in the first episode, he really needs some depth on his team. And by trading Michael Thomas and getting a nice proven asset like DK and then getting up up and coming potential wide receiver one in Pittman and then a first on top of that, I mean, that's going to help Nathan in the long term a lot without sacrificing a whole lot in the short term. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just with Nathan's team being pretty – I remember saying on the last podcast that Nathan's team was really star heavy and was, was looking to be really competitive and, but he basically turned an asset into two for this year. And then, yeah, getting that 2021 first, I think just getting a first round pick is nice. Um, It probably will be on the back half of the first round probably, but there's no worry there. I wouldn't say. And next year's class is rumored to be another pretty good class with uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers. It's supposed to be pretty deep at. Right. Yeah. Michael Pittman's my guy. Wide receiver one next year. (laughs) (laughs) Next year already? (laughs) Dude, T.Y. Hilton took a downturn. Phillip Rivers loves chucking up that ball. And exactly what Pittman did at USC is what he's going to do in the league. It's the same thing. He's going to be the guy taking the slant down the middle, taking that ball to the house, but he is off. <laughs> no, you I know what Phillip Rivers guy. loves to do? He loves to hand the ball off, so Dryce is going to be loving it. Jonathan Taylor is going to get fed, and Michael Pittman Jr. is going to be out there blocking for him. Dude, that's what – hey, Jonathan Taylor fumbles a lot, so Pittman's going to pick up the ball and take it to the house. <laughs> uh, overall, no though, I, I do Taylor, like Pittman. Man. I do think Pittman has the potential to be a wide receiver one in the future. Um, year one, obviously, it's going to be hard because it's tough for any rookie to be a wide receiver one. But yeah. I definitely wouldn't be surprised if he's in that wide receiver two, wide receiver three range in his first year with the upside he's, potential to be a long-term wide receiver one. He's my third wide receiver overall. It goes Judy, CD, and then Pittman just because of his body type, how fast he is, and how smooth he is. He's just – I don't know. He's a monster. <laughs> I love the guy. If he would have went to the Packers, dude, I would have drafted him 101. Oh, my gosh. So, you're, I so let me guess. You're not a homer when it comes to your team in fantasy football. You don't pick up a lot of Packers players, do you? Well, no, not at all. <laughs> or Iowa State I players? Just got... Hey, David Montgomery, watch out, bud. They fixed the offensive line. They're going for it. Hey, I, I think he's on my bench this year, actually. I don't think he's in my starting lineup. Hey, I'm going for him. <laughs> All right. I have him in every other league. <laughs> All oh, right. So that, gosh, that, I'm dying. That wraps up our trade section. 
do we want to talk a little bit about the rookie draft now? Kind of go through picks one through ten, give a little brief sure. um, talk about how we feel about the top ten players that were drafted, and then we can, can kind of give our overall maybe surprises or sleepers uh, from the draft. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do it. All right. So at the 101, we have Dreis picking, and he took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. How do we feel about him? I don't know. I feel like it was a no-brainer. Um, getting picked in the first round, the Chiefs can say all they want about a time uh, timeshare between him and um, Williams, but I don't know. Like, if they're talking making Westbrook comps for him already, picking him in the first round, um, I just think it's a it's a done deal. He's going to be a running back one here for like the next at least five years. Nathan, yeah, honestly, with. Any any running back with Patrick Mahomes is going to put up numbers. Damian Williams, for some reason, had the volume during the year and didn't do a ton, which was weird. Um, but honestly, that was a home run pick. I love that pick. It's you couldn't make any other pick and make sense out of it, to be honest. But yeah, I'm a big Ceh fan as well. I mean, with a 101 and a rookie draft, one QB, I think it's a toss up between Jonathan Taylor and Ceh. Um, I personally would lean Ceh, so I think it's the right pick. But I mean, Drace had the second pick too, so yeah. it just didn't really matter for him. Um, yeah. Again, kind of like what you guys said. I mean, already getting that Brian Westbrook comparison from the coach, and then being taken the first round and the first overall running back. I mean, he's obviously going to get used a lot, and then then in a PPR format, he's going to catch a lot of passes from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. No arguments here. All right, 102. Dreiss again, kind of like we said, took Jonathan Taylor, another easy pick. Yeah, I mean, if you know you're going to go running back, then Jonathan Taylor's your guy. Um, I'd be scared of having those two other, like, established backs there already, with especially Mac coming off of a really good year. But, I mean – you don't draft somebody like Taylor and put him in a time in a timeshare. I wouldn't anyway. And they traded up um, to get him too. Right. So that just shows you. I mean, that stuff doesn't lie. Like he's their guy and he will be for the foreseeable future. So I think you just take Taylor here at two and you don't think twice. I'm probably abnormal here. I like Jonathan Taylor. I mean I like the pick, but I'm not a huge Jonathan Taylor fan like most people are. I, I honestly would have picked Wait, J.K. What? Dobbins. What? I, Did I you say you're J. not J. the Dobbins. biggest Jonathan Taylor fan? Yeah, I'm. I'm not a huge Jonathan Taylor fan. Nathan. I kind of went back on what I was. I used to be super high on the guy, um, <laughs> and I started going through. I don't know. I just started thinking about listening to some other podcasts and listening to what they had to say. Um, and a guy like J.K. Dobbins, who can really catch the ball out of the backfield, and also he's on an explosive offense that loves to run the ball. Even Lamar Jackson or the running back, Mark Ingram, had big number. He had decent numbers. Uh, Mark Ingram gets out of there. You have J.K. Dobbins there. Jonathan Daly- Taylor is there with Naheem Hines and Mack. Like, what are they going to do with that situation? Um but yeah, I agree yeah, with you. I, I just remember pre NFL draft that Jonathan Taylor was your one Oh one by far. It wasn't even close. So that's why yeah, I ended up he was there. No, you're good. He was my one Oh one for a while. Um, but research can always change my mind. Yeah. kind of like what Nathan was saying. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, he's an amazing running back between the tackles. Um, he's not the most creative back. I don't think, I mean, he kind of 
goes with the play and what's blocked for him and doesn't really do much besides that. He's not really going to cut it back very often. But, I mean, with the Colts having an amazing offensive line, I mean, he's not going to have to be creative. He can just follow the blockers just like he did at Wisconsin and be a, a really good running back for fantasy purposes. Oh. Yeah. All right, 103. Now we got uh, our boy Clay picking C.D. <laughs> Lamb. Yeah, just full disclosure, I said it earlier, I love C.D. Lamb. Um, to me, and I know everybody has their own opinions, I just view C.D. having somebody solid in Dak, and sure, he might be the wide receiver two on his team, um, but Jerry Jones handing out the number 88 jersey like that to CD. I don't know. Like, they're going to cater everything to him. And having Mike McCarthy there, who loves to toss the football around, um, just I think CD's a stud. He's in a great situation with a great passing game. So I, I just, yeah, I wanted CD real bad. So I was happy to get him at three. Yeah, it's kind of a toss up between those two. I watched CD play a lot in college over. I mean, I went to Iowa State, so going to those games, you see him a lot. He was really good after the catch, especially, like, as soon as he caught the ball, there was, like, a 90% chance he was going to the house, it felt like, every single time. Like, the DBs would just fall off of him. But when you watched him in person, you seem like those those easy catches that, you know, you're supposed to make, like, that aren't that are no-brainer type catches, like concentration catches, he wasn't making. But he was making, like, the craziest catches I've ever seen. But then a couple of the catches in the slant, he was dropping. So, I don't know. Maybe that's some, that's an easy thing to fix, so you can easily fix that. But that's the only knock I have on him. Yeah, I'm a big fan of CD as well. I mean, he was my wide receiver one um, in the draft. And the thing about him is he's just a superb athlete, good route runner. And then he's just special after he's made the catch and getting yards after the catch. And he just has a nose for the end zone. So I think, Clay, I think you're going to be extremely happy with uh, C.D. Lamb long term. <laughs> you know, I hope I am. <laughs> you couldn't really make a mistake between Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb. Right. Um, obviously, more than likely, maybe one of them isn't going to 100% turn out. That always happens. But if anyone had a possibility to both, like two players both to turn out, it's probably them. Right. Yeah. All right, 104, we got Chuck picking Jerry Judy, the other wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, we touched on Jerry Judy earlier. Um, the biggest thing that it came down to for me between CD and Judy was just Judy is an incredible talent. I'm just afraid. And what scared me off was having, one, Drew Locke as your quarterback, and two, having another high draft pick, a second-round draft pick, catching balls on your team, Noah Fant, who was first-round pick last year, as well as already having Cortland Sutton there. I mean, that's just what scared me off. Um, I could be completely wrong, but I think Judy is incredible. But this, you're only as good as your situation in fantasy football. So you're not scared of Amari Cooper uh, against Lamb? Mm. Well, Amari you're... Cooper will disappear every once in a while, so I'm happy Are you afraid that. of Gallup taking I – mean... I am – I've watched Michael Gallup play, and I've watched C.D. Lamb play, and no, I'm not worried. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just see – well, you can see those those plays in college. It's totally different. Like, DBs at, in the Big 12 literally were right. falling off them, but DBs in the league are going to beat the crap out of them. I get it. I get it. But yeah. C.D. is not going to be facing any cornerback ones, and if 
they want to play him in the slot. He's going to be playing against slot cornerbacks, and True. I feel like he's going to be all over them. Um, yep. Especially McCarthy when he was in Green Bay, threw the ball I saw 75% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are going to go to pretty much those three guys we've already named. So yeah. I just feel like CD was a slam dunk pick. But yeah, oh, yeah. I, I just, yeah. Judy, yeah, I guess that's just why I wasn't afraid of it. But again, you know, when you fall in love with somebody, you mm-hmm. do whatever you. You only <laughs> you see get. the positives. You don't see the negatives. I think yeah. and overall, both their situations are kind of overall. Crazy. Jerry Judy is a great player yeah. and a great prospect. Though. I mean, Chuck's still going to be extremely happy with Jerry Judy. Oh, I think he's the best route runner in the class. Um, probably the best route runner oh. coming out of college since Amari Cooper. Yeah. Hopefully, he's more consistent than Amari Cooper, though. Since a... Yeah. I, I've never heard somebody so high on Amari Cooper. Oh, he's like my you. guy. I love him. <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm I love Amari Cooper. Oh, <laughs> just the, I don't know. That's quite that's high praise. Saying he's like the best route runner since him. Like, I mean, I if know. you watch Amari him. Cooper though, his routes are so crisp. He runs the best routes but ever. Only... It's just that he gets injured a lot and he drops only when balls he... and. Yeah, he's not very consistent. I just feel like kind of. I just feel like I can't believe I'm putting these two guys in the same sentence. But Alan Lazard and Amari Cooper are just like two guys who I feel run great routes when they know the ball is coming their way. And if the ball is not coming their way, they're not going to run a great route. I don't know. That's just what I. But Deung, so you're saying Devontae Adams? He has he runs better routes than Devontae Adams. Amari Cooper. Yeah, I wouldn't say that, but Amari Cooper, I'd say, is top five route runner in the league. Yeah, I, I just said Amari Cooper yeah. was the best route runner coming out of college as a prospect. Oh, okay. Yeah, you may be right. All right, that's all about. All right, enough with my Amari there, Cooper yeah. love. Let's go to the one hundred and five. <laughs> yeah. Trying to figure it out, but it's not working. All right, so Drake Lickle had the 105, and he took J.K. Dobbins. Nathan, this is your boy. Let's let's hear it. In, in insane pick. At the beginning of, I mean, at the end of the season, right after the Super Bowl that last year, people were talking about J.K. Dobbins, 101, Swift, 102, not changing no matter what. And for some reason, people just, like, forgot about that when Clyde – oh, obviously Clyde was a great pick, and so was Jonathan Taylor – for like landing spot wise, but everyone just like started forgetting about that. And he dropped to the, what was that? Yeah. One Oh five insane pick. He, he's basically a wide receiver with a running back body. He's, he's insane. Yeah. I guess I see how like, it, it's a great pick at five and I'm not sure who else you could argue to pick in front of him. But like I mentioned earlier, players in fantasy football are only as good as their situation and having Mark Ingram there after being so successful this past year, spooks me a little bit, but none of these run running backs have been like guaranteed full workload three down guys, but Dobbins is an insane talent. And I agree with Nathan that like, yeah, everybody was talking about Dobbins and Swift. And then all of a sudden we get the draft and they fall down to five and seven in ours. Um, I think Dobbins is great, and I just think this speaks to how deep this draft class mm-hmm. really is. 
I agree. I had I had Dobbins pre-draft as my 102, so I think he's a great talent. Um, landing at the Ravens, obviously his first year is going to be capped a little bit as far as production goes, but that's kind of that way with a lot of these running backs so far. They haven't been guaranteed the job. Um, so year one, he might split time with Mar- Mark Ingram, but after that, I expect him to be the three-down back. And, in fact, the GM has come out and said that they, that they see J.K. Dobbins as a three-down back in the future. Well, Mark Ingram's last year is this next year, right? Yep, this is his final year, deal, right? and then they are able to yeah. uh, to move off him. Chase, Mark yep. Ingram is 30 years mm-hmm. old. Yeah. Jeez. He won the Heisman over 10 years. Uh, was it over 10 years ago? He uh, won it when he was like 19. I don't know. I don't know how old he was. Or something Quick. like that. He was on the Saints for a long time, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, he was on the Saints, and I know he got his uh, second contract there. Um, Did he win a Super Bowl with the Saints then? Couldn't tell you. In 2009? I, I couldn't tell you either. Yeah, so Mark Ingram won the Heisman in 2009. So you were right. In the so no. Nine, yeah, so he was, well, he's 30. It's 2020, yep. minus 11. No, I'm talking about for the Super Bowl. Oh, but yeah, yeah so for his age. Yeah. yeah. Huh. That's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on to the cool. 106. This one caused a little bit of a stir in the fantasy league chat. But uh, we got Clay Biker's son, Justin Jefferson. Picked by Dreyth. <laughs> it's a steal. Um, to potentially get the second best receiver in this draft at six, I don't know. I just think Dreyth swindled everybody. So you have Justin six. Jefferson above third... Jerry Judy. Yeah, I think I even dropped this in the chat. If I was still picking 104, Jefferson's my guy. Um, I think we can't just ignore the production like he put up at LSU. Um I just and he's in a situation where he's going to catch a lot of balls as a as the second wide receiver, not going against any cornerback ones. Um, just is going to be a big thing for Jefferson. And obviously, my Vikers, I'm a my Vikings homer side of me is coming out. But I honestly, he's going to be going against Jair. I mean, Jair plays cornerback sometimes. No problem. Can, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> no problem. Just oh watch the gosh. dig. Just watch the dig steal on tape against Jair, and that, uh, I don't know. I just rest my case. Hey, the sweep last year felt nice. <laughs> All right, so, Clay, I got a proposal for you. So say this gets sent into your inbox. So, You're going to receive Stefan Diggs or Justin Jefferson. Which player do you choose right now? Right now, Jefferson. Ooh, really? Spicy. Unproven, never played in the league before, compared to has high production gonna have josh allen throwing like floppy ducks towards him so that's why i'm like hey john brown got me to the playoffs last year don't hate on josh, josh allen. Diggs also like uh gets well, a hangnail and he can't play or he gets zero fantasy points he gets a hangnail and he starts tweeting about it and he starts blaming his team for it that's how i view it he's just he's jimmy butler of the nfl so hey man i rest i i rest on that i know drace is gonna yeah. hate me for it but that's my take on Diggs. Is so the Minneapolis miracle? I mean, that love fest is over with now. Well, he left now, so they can hate on him. They don't have love for their players. Oh, we had we had love we we loved him while he was here. Treat him like a brother, and you know he stabbed us in the back. So we have no choice but to keep the memory and throw him away. <laughs> 
Kirk, Kirk Cousins couldn't throw a ball at the beginning of the Gosh. year. Uh, let's just move on. We don't need to talk about Kirk. <laughs> All right, 107. Drake Lickle back on the clock, and he takes another running back at DeAndre Swift. Absolute steal. Like that's like, like I said earlier about J.K. and him. That's an absolute steal. You have Karrion Johnson, who's like hangnail breaking away, just like Diggs from being out of the league. I mean, Karrion Johnson's pretty overvalued for how many injuries he's had. DeAndre Swift really hasn't had any injuries um, during college. So you got um, whoever the coach of the. Lions is on his basically last year's prove it year. If Deont- he's going to run the ball a bunch, so and throw it to Kenny Galladay, about it. That was their, that's their offense. So who knows? No. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen enough on Swift. Um, but situation is appealing. I just don't. I don't know. Like when was the last time Detroit's really had a great running back and. I just think about system. I think about like Kirion not being able to take off or neither his replacements either. I just think like, I don't know. Detroit seems to be like a wayside for all of our running backs. I don't know. I just, it doesn't excite me. I should say. I love this pick for Drake. I mean, pre-draft Swift was my one oh one, and Dobbins is my one oh two. So he got pre-draft my top two talents in the class. Um, as far as Swift goes on, wow. on the Lions. Um, I'm not overly concerned about it. Um, when Karrion Johnson was healthy, he actually put up some really good fantasy numbers. And uh, that was with Matthew Stafford. And the reason why a lot of those subpar running backs last year, once Karrion went, went down, didn't really produce was because they didn't have Matthew Stafford throwing the ball. So people just stacked the box against him. True. Yeah, true. Just like a guy like David Montgomery, who Mitchell Trubisky couldn't throw the ball. And they'd stack the box against him with an offensive line that couldn't guard a million dollars. DeAndre Swift is ten times the running back that uh, Montgomery is. I like David Montgomery, but he's not even getting the full workload. So, like, that's the go look at his bio. His bio says he is. So, wait, what? And Matt Matt uh, Nagy has come out and said that he is getting the full workload. Yeah, but they said that last year. They said that before his rookie. They said that already. Well, they said that he could. Yeah, but then why but are now they, this year they say, well, why waste time with Tariq Cohen? <laughs> I don't know. Nagy has some boner for Tariq Cohen. Excuse my French. But he loves, he loves. Because he's the better back. Reason. And he can't even catch the ball. He had, he, <laughs> he had the most drops. Didn't in he line up at wide receiver a lot? The most drops. No, he lined up in the backfield, but ran off my favorite pass. He ran. He ran. He lined up as running back and went out as wide receiver and ran a route. Like and half caught, the time, he, so he wasn't quite a few really passes too. Back. Wasn't it like seventy-five? But he has the most drops in the league. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's stop the Dave Montgomery talk. Let's head on to one hundred and eight. Dreis is back on the clock again, yeah. and he took Henry Ruggs the third. Yeah, I, I love Henry Ruggs. I love um, – he was the first receiver that was taken in the draft, and Dreyfus was able to have him be the fourth one taken in ours. So having – I'm drawing a blank on his name, but with the Raiders quarterback situation, like it scares me 
especially with how many guys are going to be wanting targets. Um, but Ruggs is a unbelievable talent. It's just, yeah, like I've mentioned like a couple times already, like you're only as good as your situation. Yeah, with looking at Henry Ruggs, I think he was – he's a good player. I think he's going to be a good NFL player. He's going to really help his team, but I don't think he's the type of guy to help a fantasy roster personally. That's total personal opinion. But his pick in the second round, Brian Edwards, was an absolute steal again because I feel like Brian Edwards is actually going to have the better fantasy career than Henry Ruggs will. Hot take. I agree with Nathan. Yeah. I think maybe not year one, but year two. I think Brian Edwards actually could be the better fantasy producer for the for the Raiders, especially catching a lot of balls and getting a lot of targets. While Henry Ruggs might be running more of the deep routes um, or some slant routes. Um, but overall, I like Henry Ruggs as a prospect. I mean, he's a jag, and he's really fast after the catch. Um, well, what's interesting is Dreis was able to get Edwards um, and Ruggs. So that's, yeah. And, yeah. Clay, were you trying to think Slip. of Derek Carr about... earlier? Is that the name? Yeah, I, yeah, Carr. <laughs> I couldn't think of his Another thing that worries me about Ruggs is he was the third best receiver on his team at Alabama. So, uh, being that I, I I don't see why the Raiders drafted him as high as they did. Ooh. But to each their own. You know, Gruden loves the speed guys, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they, he likes the fast guys. Joysticks. All right. Yeah, exactly. All right, 109. TJ is on the clock and he took Cam Akers. Full disclosure, I've never seen Cam Akers take a snap at all. Like, so really just I'm basing it off of just he has the potential to be a what running back one in that system. I don't think Henderson is all that good, but it's just, you know, they pick a running back that high. He's going to Sean McVay will do okay with him. I just, I don't know. He's such a weird guy to evaluate. So I'll defer to with, you, the experts on this one. With a guy like him, um, he had pieces of cardboard guarding uh, blocking for him in college. So that's where the problem arise. He he had over a thousand yards with offensive linemen who should have been D three. So if you watch his tape, it's insane what he made out of nothing, like absolute nothing. He could be the best running back in this class potentially, Ooh. if because we didn't see his full production. We saw insane production out of nothing. So you know he can create. That's a big thing in the NFL, especially on a team like the Rams, who are kind of like an offensive genius. I guess Sean McVay is. That's what they call him. So, I mean, he could be very good if he can catch the ball, which we haven't seen in college. Cam Akers, for me, I think he's just kind of a boomer bust prospect. I mean, either in Sean McVay's offense, he's going to be a great athlete and a running back one for that two- to three-year window, or he's just going to be a bust and never really get it going. You haven't really seen him on an insane team. He's always been the highlight of a crappy team. Are we sure the Rams are a good team? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they should be. Jared Goff, I don't know. <laughs> You're only He's as good as your quarterback. Pizza. He's the medium pizza of quarterbacks. I'd say small pizza and thin crust. <laughs> thin crust and burnt. So, pizza from Sioux Center Pizza Ranch. All right. Um, Ooh. Oh, I remember that, that first fired. stuffed crust experience during March Madness. <laughs> that, that awesome. honestly, okay, that pizza is, that is Jared Goff. 
he looks the part. It looks really good. And then you take a bite into it and you're like, ah, I can do better. <laughs> I paid I paid $17 for this. Oh, love you, Dyke. You know, you know what would and make I love your Center Peach Ranch even better, though? <laughs> if they got Cherry Coke as an option. So me and Zach DeYoung, I know we're going off track here, but me and Zach DeYoung were golfing with Dykstra. And he was having these insane takes about pop. Um, I'd be curious, just like in the group, I don't know if we have to drop a poll in the chat or whatever, but I don't understand Dyscher's hate on Cherry Coke and how he does not want to put it back in his restaurant. I Cherry Coke is a top three soda. And yeah. I'm not going to back off. I that. agree. Vanilla, Co- vanilla Coke is one. Uh, Mountain Dew's one. Vanilla Coke. Oh, you are not one of those guys that has vanilla Coke ahead of Cherry Coke. It's got to be Cherry Coke. Ugh. I love I love vanilla Cherry Coke. I'm going to take that back. Vanilla Cherry Coke is my favorite. Oh, boy. Or maybe we can get those syrup <laughs> pumps back from back in the day in Orange City. <laughs> yes. Oh, great memories. <laughs> oh, I love it. Especially, like, squirt that stuff in with Mountain Dew and, like, all the syrup would go to the bottom. And, like, you'd see, like, the half and half. I don't know if you guys ever did that, but oh, I love that. Adri, Spencer, Zach Dykstra, I'm guessing you guys all listen to the podcast. So uh, if you can bring <laughs> those back, let's let's get it going. Oh, yes. Our, we got one more pick <laughs> to go here, yeah, right? So 110, we got Chuck taking Keyshawn Vaughn. I wanted Keyshawn Vaughn really bad at 2-1. And so I was mad when Charlie took Keyshawn at 110, um, mostly because I'm still starting David Johnson and I think nobody at my RB2. <laughs> so <laughs> I think nobody. that seems to be a theme for you. I think I'm in uh, another league with you where you have Jalen Richard as your running back, too. Yeah, I know. So on another pod, I'll get into my view on like why I do that. But I really wanted Keyshawn Vaughn at the next pick so i don't know again i've never seen him play but bruce arians potentially could unleash Keshawn vaughn if he gets the full workload over ronald jones which is very possible because i don't think ronald jones is all that good but yeah i think Keshawn vaughn could be a lot like cam makers in a sense i'm i'm surprised that's your take on him because you were super scared about jerry judy's um um crowded crowded you know crowded field, crowded offense, really. And then Keyshawn Vaughn, uh, Tampa Bay's offense, you're not too worried about the crowded, well, crowdedness of it? Well, as a running back, I think it's a little different. Um, just that if the ball's getting handed off to you, if it's a run play, you're getting it. If it's pass play, there's a 33% chance you're going to get it. Who are, who are, Nathan, so, who are you concerned about in the Buccaneers' backfield? I like Ronald Jones. I don't know why. I don't like Ronald Jones better than Keyshawn Vaughn. I think Keyshawn Vaughn can be the premier back there. But with a P, with a, are we half PPR? Yeah, full PPR. Yeah. Well, with being a PPR league, you have to be able to catch the ball. And Keyshawn Vaughn didn't do that a lot in college. Yeah, my, my thought process is last year, so, Ronald Jones was already in the doghouse in year one. I mean, because, of, because he couldn't do yeah. any pass blocking. I mean, so he basically got yanked off the field because yeah. of that. So... Now that they went out and got the a running back that they draft and that they like, I mean, I think it's kind of a lock that Keyshawn Vaughn's going to get at least a majority of the workload. You have to guess sixty to seventy percent, right? Oh yeah, I love Keyshawn Vaughn. I'm just saying the the value of him right now. I think he's more like not next year, but the year after that, he's gonna he, he can really take off. 
I'm just saying I'm not scared of Ronald Jones at all, but I do see Keyshawn Vaughn as just a one a one to three year back. <laughs> I don't think he's really a long term back. Get your yeah. two or three years out of him, and he, that's all you're about going to get. He would have been a great RB two on Scott's Tots. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, oh. so we covered the first round of the NFL draft. Um, now let's just kind of open up the whole draft in general. Some overall favorite picks, maybe some sleepers or guys you're surprised slipped. Um, as you look through like the first half of the second round between like Jalen Ray, well, that wide receiver spree that went from two, one to two, five between like Rager, Pittman, Higgins, Ayuk, and Mims. Um, I'm not sure that there's a wrong pick between any of those guys. Like I know when I was on the clock at two, one, I was looking at any of those five. Um, and it's just, it's such a deep class. Like we got starters that went in the second round, which doesn't always happen in a dynasty league. So like Zach Moss, great running back going at two, six is just, it's not criminal, but it's just amazing. Like the depth of this draft class, but I don't know. I didn't see anybody like really go in the third round that I thought would have gone earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess yeah, it's crazy that you can get the really... value of Zach Moss in the middle of the of the second round. And kind of like what you said, I mean, those five wide receivers taking the second, you really can't go wrong with any of them. They're all kind of kind of equals. Um, one thing, one, yeah. what was yeah, that? One of, one of... No, go ahead. I was going to change to a different subject, so how about you go ahead? Oh, uh, one thing, a guy that I was pretty disappointed about of uh, the landing spot was Tyler Johnson. I was super high on Tyler Johnson. If he had a decent landing spot, he was projected in like the third round. He was sitting there on the board for the Packers and all nine of their picks. And I was just hoping and praying that they'd pick him up, but he slipped to the fifth round and went to Tampa Bay, which is an absolute steal. Great slot guy had 1300 yards. Um, he's one of those guys who's, I mean, he had, was seventh in the, um, in the country in yards and he was number like five in the country in touchdowns one year at Minnesota. So I just don't understand on what happened. There has to be some well, type he, of backstory. He's on not him, really an athletic knows. player. I mean, he just is kind of just a good route runner and good fundamentals, but he's really no athlete out there on the field. Like someone like CD lamb or Brian Edwards or Higgins or a lot of the other wide receivers in the class. Um, and then he didn't get invited to the senior senior bowl. Um, and then there's been a lot of question marks about his character I've heard off the field. Yeah. yeah. Tyler Johnson just reminds me a lot of like Hakeem Butler. Like he's fine, you know, and that's about it. <laughs> like Ooh, shots fired. You're always going to, you're, you're always going to think you can do better, but they just kind of are there producing at a man level. Like you always think you can do better, but you're happy with what they're doing. I don't know. That's just kind of my feeling on Nathan. Tyler is Johnson. that why you like Tyler Johnson's? Because he's Hakeem Butler 2.0. No, the next guy coming up from Minnesota is Hakeem Butler 2.0. Isn't Hakeem but Butler? Tyler Johnson's not even... Isn't Hakeem? Tyler oh, Johnson's what? Hakeem Butler's athletic and hasn't touched the field yet. They literally put him on um, IR. IR just because they wanted to give him a redshirt season to bulk up. But the kids, <laughs> his kids, been in the gym. Um, they loved him in training camp. Um, he just hurt his thumb, and halfway through the year, if you pop in on there, they just wanted to give him a whole year's rest because he was hurt most of college. So the kid's going to be a monster. I don't care what you say. Tyler Johnson isn't close to the level of the Keen Butler. Tyler Johnson's a slot guy. Keen Butler is like 
He was getting trained by Megatron. Guys. So you're saying so, he's the next Megatron? Let's just get, let's, no, he's he, he's the next like Kenny Galladay. What? Guy. <laughs> yeah. Just wait. I will. I will. I hope you're right. He hasn't touched the field yet, so you really can't look at Hakeem Butler and see who he is. Right. He was a monster in college. Right. For so like, but you were just bashing the Big Twelve cornerbacks earlier, and here we are praising a guy who went against Big Twelve quarterbacks and needed a redshirt year in the NFL yeah. to get NFL ready. I mean, that never happens. <laughs> well, because he broke his hand. That's why. Uh, yeah. Or but a fingernail. It, well, I don't know. CD Lamb. Yeah, <laughs> CD Lamb was doing the same thing in the Big Twelve though, and everyone praises him. But when Keith Butler's throwing guys off of him with one hand, there's no love. Uh, I think I should. Nathan, I, Nathan, not, I, I love the I hot takes. I'm all about. Battle. I mean, I got hot takes about Amari Cooper. I mean, I get tons of flack, but that's what you got to be willing to handle. Is is gotta, you're gonna get a lot of flack for your hot takes. You got to be be willing to deal with it. Hey, like I said, Nathan, yeah, I hope you're fine. right. Like, I hope you're right. I, I, I genuinely do. I just don't think you are. Just, just clip. <laughs> hey, that's fine. Just Everyone clip has their this own segment of the podcast. Store it in your in your files, and when this happens, pull it back out and shove it all in our faces. Yeah, roast me. Yeah. I'm ready for it. I just can't wait till the 1500 yard season next year from Dave Montgomery. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh boy, we're over 50 minutes. Already. Yeah, wow. <laughs> So my uh, big surprise of the draft was that, I mean, there was only one tight end taken, which was kind of surprising. And the one tight end that was taken was at the end of the third round, and that was Dalton Keene for the Patriots. Um, but there's a lot of other good tight ends that were taken, like Cole Komet, um, Adam Troutman, uh, David, Asiasi. I mean, there's some there's some good – what how Aussie, do you say that? Aussie. Aussie, Yeah, Aussie. that dude. So <laughs> – that was just kind of surprising to me, but I guess all of us have some pretty deep, deep rosters already. And then the whole IR situation where there's no players on the IR, I mean, kind of takes away some roster spots. So people, I guess, are prioritizing the other positions more than the tight end. Right. Yeah. Cool. Well, I don't really have anything else with the draft unless you guys do. I really No, me neither. neither. Um, so now for – uh. My favorite part of the podcast. Let's uh, let's talk about Nathan. How last season ended. So if I remember right, there was a little bet between you and Dykstra. You want to dive into that a little bit? Let us know your feelings. What went on? What was the oh. bet? Yeah, I got a lot of feelings towards this. <laughs> so during last season, as you guys all know, um, me and Dykstra got in a little bit of heat, and you know the kitchen was cooking, and we decided to make this bet. Because both of us have really big egos and need our egos cooked. So we were like, yeah, whoever has a better uh, record at the end of the year um, wins this bet. If we tie, the bet's null and void. So what the bet was is whoever loses has to pay the other person $50 and run through Doors Campus in a Speedo, a dunce hat. And you have to have a big speaker blaring, I'm Pokemon Go, I'm a retard song. And you have to do that run back and forth and we'll have cars on both sides and film it. But for some reason, this whole Corona thing happened. So Dykstra hasn't had the chance because Dort closed randomly. Um, so we're, we're still trying to figure out that. But it's crazy how it ended simply because we were all in the same house. There's about five of us. And um, it was coming to the last week. We were faced up each, against each other in the last week. We were tied up. Whoever wins this wins the whole thing. And I was about... 
two to three points behind. And there was just a monster throw to someone. I can't remember who. And they catch it. And I just went berserk. And I, I took the dub. And all I needed was for no one to fumble. Kind of like Odell Beckham earlier in the year. Yeah, that was the most frustrating thing I've ever been a part of my life. And if I remember right, I mean, this all stemmed from you and Dice kind of going at each other in the chat. And then uh, you guys calling each other out on who's the better Dynasty fantasy football player. So this was supposed to kind of uh, bring that as a result. So do you feel like since you won this, you're the better Dynasty, no. Dynasty fantasy football player? I feel like overall, when you look at the team I built and look at the team they built, I am because <laughs> I have I have depth at this point. I have players who aren't old as hell. Um, I don't have T.Y. Hilton, Julio Jones, and A.J. Green, like guys who are going to be out of the league in, within five years. So I just feel like in that aspect, I did. And I turned a guy like Michael Thomas into more assets, guys who I think can be in that wide receiver one category within the next couple years. So – I just feel like I am I, – I am the So, as, as, as a superior Dynasty Fantasy football owner, I mean, <laughs> what sort of feedback or uh, ideas would you give to Dyscher about his team going into the next season? I mean, what should he be doing with that team he has? Pump and dump those old players. He needs to blow it up. He has no chance to win anything <laughs> for the next couple of years. The kid's garbage. Um Basically, what I'm saying is he needs to blow up his team and get picks for his players. I have a first-round pick. You can trade me T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green, and Julio Jones for that pick in three years if you want to. That's on the table. But uh, but he has a ton of draft picks already, doesn't he? Dykstra? I mean, but the type he needs to capitalize on those players now so they don't fall off a cliff in the next couple of years and go to the Jair Adams. Yeah, that was sarcastic. Dykstra has zero picks until 2023. He doesn't no, have. He has any? zero. Because I remember last but, season, oh. you guys both wanted to win this bet so bad that you guys both traded every single <laughs> pick you had in order to get players. Hey man, whatever it takes not to run through Dort's campus naked. So <laughs> naked? No, I don't think that was a part of the deal. <laughs> but. Breaking news. I mean, Sioux Center Pizza Ranch Speedo runs across Georgia. It's <laughs> bare naked. I, I don't think that could possibly be news. He would just be on some type of list. What? <laughs> what list? <laughs> I don't want to say it. I was hoping if you a would. nut slips out or something like that. Uh, so, so Nathan, that Nathan, rumor has it. So, tomorrow is your wife's birthday, and rumor has it you are coming back to Sioux County, back to the Orange City area. So, uh, what do you think? Would this weekend be a good time for hey, Dyson maybe need... to run since you'll be be in the area? I will neither confirm or deny I'm going to be in the area, but I mean, I personally would wait till COVID nineteen is over with, so people can actually see his bum ass run through an area in some whitey tighties or speedo, whatever he feels comfortable <laughs> with, because supposedly he doesn't want to wear a speedo. Um, and we got to find a speaker, so. You got to get that situation figured out, but those logistics can be figured out. The mall will be open, so we could run through the mall. Um, we could. I mean, the bet was Dort's campus, but we didn't say where in Dort's campus. So, I mean, I think a good place to run would kind of be from over in Covey parking lot over to West parking lot along that main dray that goes past the pool. 
Yep. I have a new idea. A new swing to the bet. Ooh. We get to shoot him with a paintball gun the whole way. Since there's no people that are going to see this, we get to shoot him with a paintball gun. As I think that's running. fair trade. Yeah, I think that is. So anybody, there's got to be some type of repercussion that happens because as a third party mediator, I mean, I think I'm the mediator of this deal. If I look back at the pinned uh, messages, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, since there's not a lot of people on campus, there's got to be a paintball paintball gun shot at him while he's running. I'm, I'm logistically all speaking, I think it's I think it's a hundred percent option. Um, I'll have Drace in the clock tower as a sniper with my paintball gun, and we'll be good to go. <laughs> Love it. It's going to be like Nazi zombies, like you know the hordes coming. Clay, do you have any thoughts about their uh, their bet from last year? You know, I just I just loved it. I thought it brand brought a new like twist to the league. Um, it was fun watching both of them trade picks to get players and watch it come down to literally the last week into the final like tenth of a point was awesome. Um if I remember right, wasn't it also for a playoff spot too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was whoever yeah. won got in the so, playoffs. Like just having that like as a little extra to it. I mean people like what we're gonna take away from this is like this league is gonna be that bet that was made. Not the fact that like DeYoung won this past year and I got second. Like we're just gonna remember that Nate, we're going to remember Dykstra running across Dort, <laughs> getting shot at by paintball paintballs. So, <laughs> well, I'm I'm excited for the paintball part. So I think it's yeah, happen. me too. I think it has. To and the funny thing about about that bet last year was it was so funny because on a week to week basis, all of a sudden you see Nathan make a trade for a better player, and then Dykstra make a trade for a better player as a reaction, and then the next week Dykstra right. trade for a player and Nathan would react. So. Right. I would be messaging people like, dude, I need to get this player. <laughs> At certain points, I messaged his opponents like, dude, what do you need to win this? <laughs> and I, no one ever took me up on my offer. That's what was Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you threw that last part. No one taking you up on that offer. Because, I mean, as a third-party <laughs> mediator here, I could have called collusion. Or as the commissioner. Hey, that, <laughs> hey but I never – no one ever so took me up on So, am I officially offer. commissioner now, or am I still co-commissioner? Well – no, you're officially commissioner. Dykstra's not a well, commissioner. As I look at the thing, you're the only one with the little C by your name on the standing. So I think it is you. Yeah. I can just I can feel the power running through my veins. I love it. Maybe we should maybe we should make Nathan a <laughs> co-commissioner or your second in command. Dykstra would immediately leave. He told me once that he'd never be in a league that I was a commissioner. I, I invited him to a league with a bunch of my coworkers. He joined, saw that I was a commissioner. <laughs> oh, funny. All right, guys. Well, any we're at 60, 60 minutes. So, any final thoughts that you guys want to talk about? Um, I would like to let the league know that Terry McLaurin is available via trade, hopefully for a running back. Oh, <laughs> I have Karrion Johnson. Can we go over me and Dykstra's roster? Uh, not today. <laughs> we'll uh, save that for a future episode. I just want to gloat. We have all off season. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Melvin Gordon, Devontae Adams, <laughs> Metcalf, George Kittle, James Connor, Philip Lindsay, Michael Pittman. Why are you, you got Jordan off Love, your own Sammy roster? Watkins. Yeah. <laughs> and so why bud. is Jordan Love rostered in a one quarterback league? He's started, dude. He's going to start over Aaron Rodgers this year? Yeah, bud. I'm just kidding. No, oh, I thought you said he's starting. I was like, wow. Oh, boy. All right. Well. 
cool. I think we need to cut Nathan off. I think off. we do, too. I think it's good to end it here. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Nathan, for coming on and being our, our first guest. And thanks for joining me again to, again today, Clay. I appreciate it. Um, you bet. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying these podcast episodes. Um, if you guys have any feedback, we'd love to hear back from you. Or if you have any topics you'd like us to cover in the future, um, hopefully, we can continue to do these for you. Um, see you guys next time. Later. Nathan, say something. You got to sign out. Okay. Sorry, boys. Bye. <laughs>